Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I'm your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn, and this is episode 74, or as Johnny Bananas likes to say as he signs off from his podcast. Thank you for stopping by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm Oprah and I love you. (laughs) I'm Oprah and I love you too. (laughs) This is the best sign off. Okay, so welcome back. I am coming in hot with another podcast as some pointed out in my comments. Less than 10 days. This was actually less than a week. But um, I am filming it again, as I just told my YouTube audience that I was doing that again for them and for you, if you want to check it out on YouTube. So I've um, improved my little studio here, and it's actually just my closet, and um, you can check that out on YouTube if you want to. I've got some U equals U signage behind me. Oh, the upload was a complete nightmare for me, trying to upload this to YouTube because I did several things wrong. I found out later. Um, I filmed it in 4K, which was like the highest resolution on my iPhone. That was a mistake. I didn't even realize that it was set to that. Um, Now I've got it set to HD 30. I went the lowest resolution I could because I found out that for like a 10 minute video in 4K resolution would take a very long time to download. Well, this was a an hour and 15 minute video. So it took 24 hours, (laughs) 24 hours to just bring it from the editing software into my external hard drive. Then once it was on the external hard drive, and I found out this kind of doesn't have anything to do with Wi-Fi. It has absolutely nothing to do with Wi-Fi. I thought I had to be really close to the Wi-Fi, but it doesn't have anything to do with that because it's everything that's happening internally. Um, and my laptop can't really handle like that much of a resolution or like whatever that produces. It's too much. So it took a very long time. And I asked somebody, I said, this is really going to take like 24 hours and like, yeah, with that kind of file, that will definitely take 24 hours. And then I thought um, doing the upload to YouTube would be just as long, but it didn't. It took about six hours, but I'm fixing it. I'm hoping this time things will happen better. I'm learning along the way. And um, so, yeah, it's um, being recorded in HD 30 whatever the hell that is, but hopefully it makes me look better. Okay. (laughs) Less extreme. Okay. So why did I hop on here so fast? Because I have so much to share. This is like right, this mic is like right in the way of my notes. I actually bought, I finally broke down and bought uh, ink for my printer. I've been really cheap about it because it's a brother printer that won't allow me to use the fake ink or the cheaper ink that you can buy on Amazon for like 14 bucks for, you know, one cartridge it won't recognize it. It's so annoying. They've gotten too good, these printers. So I returned it, uh, I don't even know, eight months ago. And I've like been very stubborn about replacing it with the real brother ink because that came to $85 through Amazon. So annoying. I think they charge you extra for the, like the, it's a recycling fee. There's an additional like $10 or something. So I did that because I hate having my notes on my computer, which is what I'm doing right now. I want them printed out. I really do better when I'm looking at paper than notes on a computer. I don't know why it just, it's maybe it's just psychological, but it bothers me. Um, so I wanted to, and again, like for this right now, I want to read these notes on not notes, my comments on YouTube that people, um, had, had commented on my 
video of the last podcast and just the last podcast. So I wanted to read some of these. This is from Cindy Wright, 14. She says, hey, Jennifer, love your podcast. You're beautiful inside and out. By the way, I'm close to your age. Please share your secrets of how you stay so young and beautiful. I need your tips. Um, Haha, make me famous and read my comment. (laughs) I doubt this will make you famous, but I definitely wanted to read your comment. And thank you so much. It's Botox, girl. It's Botox and good lighting. I mean, what else can I say? And maybe some makeup. If anyone saw what I look like when I woke up in the morning, oh my God, it's a very different story. But anyways, yeah, I, you know what I realized? I hadn't done the Botox since June. So when I redid it in December, oh my God, it was all gone. That's why the wrinkles had come in so much around my mouth and it was really bothering me more than it ever had because I was used to having Botox in my face. I mean, I should have started this when I was like 30. It would be a different story also. I'd look even more youthful right now, but it's, you know, it's as good as it gets. So anyways, that's why I had purchased that face tape. Um, oh, for those that are watching on YouTube, I can actually show you what the box looks like. Hold on. Are some benefits to actually filming this okay so this is this is the face tape that I bought and they're just these little tabs they're very very thin you just take one out well you need one on each side of your face I honestly I've got one on right now but like you can't tell here or anything it's very subtle it's just to pull the lines away from your mouth um, and other than that I don't do anything I mean, I don't really even know how to do makeup, but basically you just put it on your face. You hold on to it. Oh, it broke. God dang it. <laughs> that was a very bad demonstration. Okay. You basically open it up. They're a little complicated at first, but you just put it on your face. You hold down here. You, if it breaks again. Okay. So see how it's like stretchy. And then you put that on your face and then you pull this back piece off and then it basically pulls the wrinkles out of your mouth. I'm not doing a very good job of it right now. And there is a demonstration on, um, on Amazon with the product on how to do it. Right. The product is called, it's just called face tape, facelift tape. But I will tell you that once I got my Botox done again in December and it settled in, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not even freaking out about my wrinkles. Like I was, And that was just because the Botox had completely, um, I was going to say melted away, but I mean, essentially it just eventually just fades away. So I was really just seeing my true natural wrinkles falling back into place. And so, um, I don't feel like I need that face tape, even though I did just have one on, but anyways, I'm really not using them. Not like I did. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but it was giving me freaking TMJ. My jaw was like locking up. I think I did talk about that. Um, it was really pulling on my muscle underneath, which was affecting my jaw. It's crazy how everything is very connected. So I hope that answers that. Um, and yeah, my hair is not really my hair. I have natural curly hair that I straighten and recurl while well, I just recurl it. I just curl it. But I mean, I look, if again, if anybody saw what I look like when this hair dries naturally, it's terrifying. Um, so let's see, we've got one from, uh, I don't have my glasses on. Hold on. I just didn't want there to be a glare while I was um, recording myself. Uh, Narm, Mister? It's like N A. N-A-R-M-S-T-R-1. They say, Jen, thanks for posting this video. Much awaited. Listening to your podcast without seeing you is not good. (laughs) Okay, well, here you go. Um, Yay on a video podcast, says Renee O. 
And hold on. We've got one from user. I don't know. There's a lot of letters and numbers. Love this so much more. Just wish you were looking at the screen. Is that better? There I am. I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> okay. I did try to angle this a little bit better so it wasn't just getting the side of my face. Um, job, I-E-J. I don't know if that's a name that's actually on purpose or what. Um, he says, it's good to see you. Um, and someone here, Dan Zinn, says that I did not watch all the videos. I, I highly recommend that you don't. That's too much of me. I, I discourage that 100%. But your courage is something I've never seen before. All the best, Dan. Thank you, Ban. Thank you, Ban. Thank you, Dan. That was very nice. Um, let's go to the comments from... Hold on, hold on. It's going to end up playing. <laughs> from... And I won't even be copyrighted because that's my damn podcast. Okay, so these are the comments from the actual uploading of the podcast on YouTube. Someone says, oh, oh, it's someone. It's Brooke, my friend Brooke, bundle of Brooke. She says, I agree with the first comment. You have a very soothing voice. I'm in bed relaxing and listening now to wind down. Thanks, Brooke. It's really nice. And then Mandy says, Mandy's 9534 started my walk this morning and was happy you had a new podcast up. Also, wisdom strands are what I call my gray hair. Laugh out loud. I thought about that later and I was like, that, I get it. Strands, hello. I should have figured that out like sooner. But yeah, I did get that afterwards. Um, let's see. AK Robles, Robles, uh, 33. We say Paso Robles, so I'm going to say Robles. Um, I love all the details you give, time, dates, etc. We need the deets. <laughs> I will continue to give the, de the deets. Um, then here we go from user with a bunch of numbers. Two episodes in under 10 days, and I got the cowboy emoji. Woo woo. And then, um, oh, this one I wanted to. Oh, somebody said. Beetle 0223 says friendly correction episode and they spelled it out right. I just completely ignored that three days ago. They wrote that until just now. I thought I should try to figure out what they're talking about. So I re-listened to the beginning of the podcast going, did I say episode weird? And then I look at the actual title and I had written it epa s d o e. Oops, I, I transposed the O and the D. Thank you for that. That actually really bothers me that I did that like like so much that it sat there for three days I'm such a grammar Nazi and spelling and all of that and it was a uh, it was an oversight on my part and I know nobody really cares but it bothers me so thank you for pointing that out I appreciate it and I did fix it um somebody's asking HIV advice I don't really do that here in the comments uh of my podcast that's just you know go test or go see your doctor okay so I'm gonna close that out so back to my notes here my online notes there was something I wanted to say about okay I did the face tape Botox and I'm gonna forget I'm I was really organized with my notes this time oh oh about the grammar thing so I am like a total grammar Nazi I don't mean to be but it, like if a guy uses the correct to, T-O-O, when they're texting me or the right Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, things like that, I take notice and it's a turn on. It's like, oh, they know. <laughs> they know. They paid attention in school. Like, I love that. Um, so some that drive me crazy and somebody asked that I read these because I do have some pet peeves about particular things that I hear in English grammar that drive me crazy. So one of them is... Um, 
this could be the highest one on my list. I may maybe I've mentioned it before, but when someone says I could have went there, it's I could have gone there. It is never ever I could have went, could have went, could have went. No, it's I could have gone, I could have gone, I could have gone. You don't say I could have gone, but it's I could have gone. Okay, that makes me cuckoo. I hear people on radio stations or podcasts, whatever. I've heard people on like Good Morning America. I've heard it. Like people say this and they don't realize it's wrong. That drives me crazy. Um, Another one that I don't like. It's instead of saying I've seen it, they say I seen it. I seen it. No, 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 no. I saw it or I've seen it. I've, I have seen it. Not I seen it. I seen it over there. No, 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 no. It's I've seen it. Or um, what was the other version of that? I've seen it or I saw it. So basically, yeah, just not I seen it. Oh, that one just doesn't make me feel good. Um, This is more of like little kids do this one. They say he won me or I won him. You know, I beat him. I think that's basically just little kids. Um, And then one that I really find surprising is that people don't know how to pronounce Alzheimer's. They say Alzheimer's and old timers. What? Where are you coming up with this? Like, how are people coming up with these words? It's Alzheimer's. There's a Z in there. I just heard it on a podcast today. And this wasn't the podcast host or anything. It was just somebody they were interviewing. But they said, yeah, apparently she had Alzheimer's. And I'm like, it's Alzheimer's. I just, I don't... My dad says old timers. I don't want to tell him, but it drives me crazy. Anyways, Alzheimer's. Um, and he still thinks I have AIDS, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm never going to try to explain that one. Anyways, um, one of the words that I couldn't come up with last week when I was talking about the weed story, by the way, um, the coincidence there between, there you can see my eyes better, um, me talking about a skunk story and then, or maybe a weed story first, what smelled like skunk because weed smells like skunk. And then I literally talked about a skunk story. Those were my two stories last week. That was weird. I didn't realize that until after. But anyways, the gooey stuff that comes off of the, um, the marijuana plants, and it's all rolled up and it's like gooey ball or whatever. It's supposed to be really like intense and the strongest stuff possible. It's called keef. And I think I spelled it right. Right. I don't know. K-E-E-F, I'm guessing. But anyways, it's called keef if you've heard of that, but it's not something I'm like, an expert in at all. I, I had to ask my um, stoner daughter, Joey, like, what's that gooey stuff called? And she knew. Keef. Like, okay. Um, what else did I want to mention? Uh, I went to the, okay, how much do I want to say here? I went to the varsity game for, it's like a playoff league game for, uh, league for Aptos High, where my son goes, varsity basketball. They made it all the way to the top of their league and they tied uh, Santa Cruz High which is the big rival score school, which I think I mentioned that I had gone to that one game and there was my date across the way and we saw each other from across the court and all that. Anyways, I had said to him earlier that morning, are you going to the game tonight? And, and then I didn't hear anything from him all day. So I get to the game. It's at a different school. It was at Scotts Valley High. They wanted a neutral, um, They wanted it to be at a neutral school or whatever playing ground because the two teams are, it's the biggest rival between these two schools. 
And so they brought it to a different school to have, we, we got annihilated, but anyways, that's a whole nother story. So I get there and I'm kind of looking around thinking, I wonder if he's here. I mean, he's gotta be here. He, he is very, uh, affiliated with Santa Cruz high, <laughs> the rival to my son's school and where my um, ex-husband went. But anyways, I see him all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, there he is. So we're on the same side this time, but he's down below me and to the right. And I have no idea if he sees me all of a sudden my phone, I get a message. And it's just of that emoji with the hand being raised. It's the man with the hand being raised. And so that was him answering, are you at the game or are you going to the game? Which I had written that morning at like 7.30 or something in the morning. And he responds at like 6.30 at night at the game with the hand up. And I said, yeah, I saw you or whatever. And he doesn't respond. And anyways, I'll just say that I saw him later. <laughs> whatever. It was a lot of fun. Okay enough of that. Um, so yeah, he saw me too. Um, so anyways, but during the game, um, and I, again, I don't know how much I want to even talk about him because I am currently seeing him. And I, I mean, I mean, we don't even know what it is. I just don't like, uh, want to say too much just because yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, but it's, I'm having fun. Um, so, uh, anyway, where was it going? One of the players on the varsity team on, on, uh, Aptos high. Um, he was go, it's a pump fake. I can't really explain what that is, but he was, he jumped up and I don't know if he's faking somebody out or somebody faked him out and he jumped up. I don't really know, but he got hit basically at his knees as he's jumped two feet in the F and air. His knees are hit mid height of the jump. And his whole body does what looked like a 360, like a pencil, but because he's tall, I'd say the kid's got to be 6'2", 6'3". His full body does like a, and he lands flat on his, like his, it looked like his body all landed at the same time, head to toe, smack on his chest. His left arm did not break the fall. It was at his side. So when he landed, he, his arm was, it happened so fast. He didn't even have enough time to put his hand down to stop himself. He puts his arm down. His arm was at his left, his left arm was down at his side, at his side completely. Right. So that arm didn't do anything to help him. The right arm was bent up and it looked like it was underneath him, but he, he definitely hit his face. Apparently had a gash in his forehead. Oh my gosh. His parents ran down from the stands. Like it was that moment. Like we're all thinking, is this a Damar Hamill moment? Like what is happening? I grabbed the kid next to me, this kid, Michael, who was, we were in the kids, like not kids, in the student section. We sort of got there early and didn't realize that all the students were going to be around us. And they were. And I kept saying to my daughter, I'm like, should we move? Like, we're like, really like in the midst of all of this. And I was kind of embarrassed. But anyways, he, um, his parents ran down and I grabbed this, I went, <gasps> and I like grabbed the arm of this skinny little freshman next to me, this kid, Michael, poor guy. I like, wasn't even thinking. I said, Oh my God. And I grabbed his arm and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. And then, so I'm watching like the whole thing. We're all, everyone's panicked, but he, they did roll him over. He was able to, you see him lift his knees up and like, kind of like wobble his feet around. So we're like, okay, he's not paralyzed. He's breathing. Um, you know, the nurse runs over with her gloves on and her tackle kit or whatever. And all the coaches go over. Um, it was silent and like everyone was holding their breath for a good two to three minutes. It felt like forever. And they finally got him up and he was okay. But yes, he had a big gash in his forehead. There was blood on the floor and everything. And, um, 
I guess that's a common move I found out from my friend uh, later that night because we talked about it. And he said, yeah, that happens a lot. Like, it's not that uncommon for that to happen in basketball. But it was very upsetting as a mom to see that and to think that could be possibly Owen someday. And I would be down there in a heartbeat also. It was really... It was really upsetting. Yeah, totally. So anyways, that happened. And then, um, okay, moving on. Uh, This is just completely random. And I just wonder what people think of this. So when I was little, we had, this is like, wow, what a, what a, um, (laughs) what's it called? Uh, The uh, transition? No, can't think of the right word of the transition. But anyways, you know, segue, what a segue. A terrible segue. Anyways, when I was little, I grew up when my parents before they divorced when I was like about oh, almost seven, we had a really, really nice house in San Carlos. We had a built in pool and we were always outside around the pool all summer long. I was always barefoot. I was almost pretty much naked all the time because I didn't like wearing a bathing suit. But I would do this thing inevitably, inevitably, inevitably. Oh my God, why can I not say that word? Inevitably. Still feel like I'm saying it wrong. Anyways, I would do this every single summer. Um, if not twice a summer, but I would be running and somehow my big toe would catch the cement and I would, it would hit the front of my big toe and the skin would basically, I felt like, it, like I'm a lizard and the way they release their tail, but it would take the skin and a flap would come down from like right underneath the nail and would like expose the whole front of my big toe under the nail, right, right there. My mom would always call that a stub toe. It has not happened since I became even like a 10 year old. It was like a little kid thing. And I always remembered that was called a stub toe. And that flap of skin would like just flop forward. It was like you just hit it at the right, the right way and it would flop forward, but it was still connected at the bottom part of the flap. And then you'd kind of try to keep it connected with a Band-Aid. But, the, you know, obviously the skin just dries up and then you pull it off once um, the skin that's exposed starts to heal some. I would, I don't know why I, this always happened, but I asked some kids at, at the elementary school yesterday uh, or the other day if they had ever heard of a stub toe. And I explained what I meant by it. And they said, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like I used to get that too. And I'm like, okay, so this isn't just me. But then I look it up online and I ask my kids, my kids don't even know what I'm talking about. They're like, mm, like when you bump your toe and like the doorway, no, not at all. Talking about the flap of skin that flops forward. Anyways, I look it up online and it's everything online is about broken toes. There's nothing explaining this skin that just flops forward. I <laughs> I don't know. Is it just me or did you all get stub toes also? Do you know what I'm talking about? Who knows? Um, okay. Speaking of more medical things, I put in my close friend's story that um, over the last week, I have had four different people look at my vagina. Um, my HIV specialist did a pap smear last week. So of course she had to take a look. Um, of course this person that I have seen has seen it, which is fine. Both are fine. And, and then I had to go to a urologist because I have kind of always had issues with UTIs when there's any kind of attention down there. And so I'm just kind of over it and trying to get to the bottom of it. And so I went to this, they, my HIV doctor put a referral in for a urologist. So, you know, he's a specialty and urology and the pee hole and all that. And so I get there and I say to the lady who 
rooms me, I'm not going to have to take anything off, right? And she said, oh, no, no, I'm just, just probably just talking and stuff. Okay, well, <laughs> I had to take stuff off. So, and I was so embarrassed because I didn't, I wasn't expect it, expecting it. And I had my, um, I had my big, you know, like, black, like, uh, what do you call it? Like snow coat on, you know, like waist length or whatever. And I just kept it on. He said, you only have to get undressed from the waist down. So here I'm like all puffed up and like in my big comfy coat. And, um, and then they didn't have to put the speculum in for those that don't know, it's that plastic thing that they put up your baby hole to open up the baby hole so they can look deep inside. He didn't want to do that. He just wanted to take a peek at it. I do think he is gay. I'm like pretty sure. So like I felt at ease. Um, can't tell you, but I just pretty sure like he's real fit. He was like a smaller guy. There was something a little effeminate about him. And I thought, yeah, I don't think he's like a straight guy who's a pervert and went into urology because he like is trying to look at girls vaginas. Like I just didn't get that feeling. So anyways, I felt like, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Like I'm asking for help. I need help. I don't want to have these anymore. So he, I let him take a peek. So she like, you know, has me scoot down to the end of the table, you know, scoot your bottom down to the end of the table. There's nothing more embarrassing. And you know, put your feet in the stirrups. I'm like, yeah, this is the nurse, by the way, the nurse had to come in. Her name was Mo short for uh, Maureen. So she's an older woman with gray hair. And, um, so she has to stand in there for legal reasons. Now they always have a female in the room when a male is doing any kind of like exam on a woman. I think it's regardless of what part you show. Maybe if it's your arm, it's no big deal. But you know, if it's a woman's, you know, sexual organ, there has to be a woman in there. So, um, and I know this from my working at a doctor's office for a while, but also most people just know that by now. So mm, they put the light on there, which actually feels nice. I'm not going to lie. It does. And then I scoot my bottom down and he, he just, I don't know. He looked, he touched me a little bit <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. It didn't feel terrible. <laughs> so embarrassing. Anyways, he said, everything looks fine. Okay. You're good. It like, maybe it took five seconds. I don't even know. I think what they are, cause someone said, why would they need to look at it? Um, for a urology appointment? Cause obviously I've peed in a cup and all that. Um, basically I think what it is, is some people don't realize when they have something really wrong happening down below. And I've seen this by working at a doctor's office, especially with some heavy set women who are unaware that like their bladders hanging out or something like that, like something anatomically could be very wrong. And they have maybe always thought it was very normal or just gotten used to it or whatever, and don't realize there's an issue. So that's basically what the visual exam is for. I'm assuming like I'm assuming. Anyways, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Four people saw it in a week. And yeah, still not comfortable showing that, but whatever. Okay. Um, before I get to my stories, cause I do have two, let me just check my time here. Oh my gosh. Where is my audacity? I know I'm recording somewhere on here. Oh, there it is. Um, oh, we're doing good. Okay. Good, 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 good. All right. Um, I did, I was in a, um, elementary school class yesterday and the teacher passed out because the kids earned it. They could either use Play-Doh or they could get these, uh, they're black, it's black scratch boards. And when you scratch it, underneath is rainbow. So I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about. And you can, you know, make any kind of little design and the rainbow shows through like a, you know, a flower or whatever. So what they give, what she gave them to scratch off you know, it's like you would um, scratch off like a lottery ticket or whatever. So what she gives them to scratch off the black is like a chopstick. It's wooden and it comes to a point and it's 
sharper than a chop chopstick, but it's basically a chopstick. So the kids use that to scratch off the black stuff. So one kid keeps making the noise like a fork on a plate and everyone in the class is going, oh, Damien, stop it. Oh, you know, and I was like, isn't it interesting that we all have this visceral reaction to that noise. What is it? Like, why do we do that? Especially, and so it made me think of nails on a chalkboard, of course, and I explained that to the kids, but of course they don't know what chalkboards are because they have whiteboards now. So I'm like, I am going to look that up. I have got to know why we react that way to that sound um, of the fork on the plate. Even talking about it bothers me. Or nails on a chalkboard or like what he was doing, scratching off... Um, on this plasticky board with wooden, with a wooden, um, chopstick. So what I found on the internet, and I will just kind of read this. Um, the short answer is that nobody knows. Interesting. But here are some theories. So one physicist, one physicist won an, um, a Nobel Peace Prize for his research on this question. And it says, they say, what they did was take some recordings of three-pronged garden tools scraping over a chalkboard and then mess with them to see what part of that sound we hate so much. So by removing the high, middle, and low frequencies one at a time from the sound and playing them back, they tried to find what part of the sound makes everything cringy. So surprisingly, removing the high frequencies didn't really help. It was removing the middle frequencies that made the sounds bearable. Wait a second. Let me read that again. Surprisingly, removing the high frequencies didn't really help. It was removing the middle frequencies that made the sounds bearable. Okay, that's weird. Those are the same frequencies found in, oh, this is the interesting part, in a primate warning call, the middle frequencies, which led the researchers to conclude that our aversion to the sound comes from recognizing it as a warning call. <laughs> later and I was like I'm going with that I'm going with the monkey the monkey explanation sure it has to do with a warning call and it's like our it, it goes deep in our DNA when we were monkeys and then it says later research however has refuted that idea I'm like oh damn it um one study played sounds to tamarin tamarin yeah I think tamarin monkeys one was a high-pitched scraping sound like the nails on the chalkboard, and the other was white noise of the same volume. The monkeys reacted the same way to both. Humans, on the other hand, strongly prefer the white noise. We do. Which either means that tamarind monkeys don't react to monkey alarm calls, or our response to that awful sound comes from somewhere else. And then they said, um, another theory has to do with hearing loss. High-frequency sounds can damage the structure of our ears, causing short and long-term loss of hearing. So that makes sense. Like, we would avoid those sounds because they could affect our hearing. Not that we know this, but we have this defense mechanism to want to, like, protect our ears from that noise because otherwise it could actually damage our ears. Just like we would if we looked up at the sun, we know to close our eyes because it freaking hurts and, you know, we you know, have that defense mechanism to not look. So the response might then be an evolutionary response that shields us from harm, but taken out of, but if taken out, the high frequencies doesn't help, then that doesn't make sense either. Wait, but if taking out the high frequencies doesn't help, oh, then that doesn't make much sense either. I don't know. So there's not really a clear answer. I guess they don't really have an answer which I think is interesting. I thought by now we would know why that is.
why we don't I mean we don't eat eat food that tastes or smells um, or looks bad because it's a defense mechanism from keeping us from getting sick obviously um, so I, we obviously have lots of reasons why we do things but we don't always know and I just think it's interesting and that one we don't really know okay so here's my stories <laughs> story numero uno was the other night it was a thursday night i had been over at my friends i'm doing um air quotes at my friend's house and it was getting late it was about 10 45 when this happened so i left his place i was heading back to my it's two exits away on the freeway and i got off my exit back where i live because i need to go pick up ryan from the metro it's the it's the bus metro which is in watsonville and it's about a mile away from where she lives and it's about two miles away from where i live but anyways i was getting off the freeway on my way i'm taking like a back industrial road to get there thinking that will be the fastest route and um i had had <clears throat> an edible around 7 30 so it's 10 30 at this point but i had only had five milligrams so what was left in my system didn't feel like it was affecting me at all but i think i was still maybe a little bit affected by it but not much but anyways i think i was also while i was at his place um i had had he had a vodka drink i wanted to taste it because it was fresca like a fresca something that he bought and he mixed it with vodka couldn't even taste the vodka i had two sips of that about a half an hour before i left but that was it um so anyways and i'm i'm being dead honest that's all i had two sips i did not have my own drink i just wanted to see what it tasted like it tasted good so i had one more sip so anyways um i'm driving behind right of, right after i get off the freeway i'm right behind a chp officer and they make a left turn onto this industrial road that i'm going to need to drive down about a mile on maybe even a little bit more um to get to the back side of the metro and so I'm driving behind him and he goes, there was one point where there's two lanes, it's by this neighborhood. And instead of me passing him, I stay going like the same speed. And so he has to pull back in front of me. And I think that was him wanting me to get ahead of him. And I didn't. And so then we cross over this Harkin Slough Bridge and then he just pulls over into a parking lot off to the right. And I continue down the road and and he pulls right back on the road and there go the red lights. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting pulled over. Are you freaking kidding me? So Joey's on the phone with me. I'm on speakerphone or she's on my speakerphone and I have the phone in my lap. So that's all good. I didn't do anything wrong there. And so I'm, I'm annoyed because I'm trying to get to Ryan in time. It's 1045 at night. I don't want her alone at the Metro. That's the whole point of me getting there on time was to get her so that she's not standing around with anybody that's got mental health issues bothering her because there is a lot of that around here. So I'm like annoyed right away. This guy has like nothing better to do than to pull me over. Like there's so many other problems in Watsonville and me, I'm not one of them. So he pulls me over and I'm like, I'm fumbling for my driver's license. Like I'm annoyed. I have to find my driver's license. I have to find my, my registrations and my visor. So I've got those two. And I'm, I roll down my window and I literally say out my window, I'm just trying to get my daughter at the bus. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Why, why would I do that? But I did that. And so then I'm like, Jennifer, shut up. Like, what are you doing? So then he comes to my passenger window and I hand him, and, and no, first of all, he his bright lights from his vehicle are shining directly into my eyes because they're hitting my rear view mirror and it's back my whole car is lit up right it that in itself is so upsetting 
just that alone is upsetting because you're just minding your own business and all of a sudden you've got this, you know, whatever. I, 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 I don't want to get into the whole police thing. I'm glad they're there to protect us, but at times I feel like it's, it's very terrifying to be pulled over by the police. Cause you just don't know. You feel like all of your rights are being taken away. And I know I am like a privileged white woman, but I don't feel that way when I've, when I'm being pulled over, it's still scary. And, um, so the bright lights are on and it's like, why are you doing this? Like, what, is, what is like, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I do know that I have a headlight out. I am aware of that. And so he goes, I pulled you over because you have a headlight out. And I said, yes, I know. And I, all of a sudden I realized I was getting nervous and I could hear it in my throat. And then that made me more nervous because I know he's going to hear that and he's going to think I'm trying to cover something up. And so I couldn't stop feeling nervous. And so I knew that when I was talking, it maybe wasn't, I wasn't explaining things as well as I wanted to, which was also bothering me because I thought I'm being interrogated right now. This is your time to like show that you're, you're not doing anything wrong, you know, and, and here I am feeling like everything I'm saying, even when it was the truth sounded like I was lying. So I say, you know, basically that I knew the light was out and that I replaced it, but there's something wrong with the wiring and I just haven't fixed that since. And I don't know why the new light didn't work. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to ask you for, oh, no, no, no. He goes, now his flashlight's in my face. That's the other thing. So there's the light from his headlights coming into my car. And now his flashlight is in my face. It was so bright. And and all of this is a tactic for sure to make you feel nervous. And it was working. And I said, um, he goes, have you had anything to drink tonight? And I, and I'm thinking, I did. I had two sips, but I feel like if I say yes to that, then I'm going to be pulled out of my car immediately and have to do a road sobriety test. So I lie and I say, no. And I, well, no, this is the way I said it. Have you had anything to drink tonight? And I said, no, (laughs) that sounds so guilty. (laughs) No, but I had, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't have even registered on anything. I'm, I know that for sure, but I just didn't know what to say to that. Cause just saying, yes, I had two sips sounds guilty. And they're going to, they're going to definitely do like, you're gonna have to breathe into something. All of it was freaking me out because I just wanted to go get my daughter. And then he goes, where were you coming from tonight? And now all of a sudden I feel like I'm in trouble for being over at this person's house. And I realized that that's not the truth, but I think this is a little bit of the weed talking because I got even more nervous that I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like I'm a, I'm a mom and I was at this guy's house and I, I had just had sex and I'm like, I just got caught. And I said, and I said, and I can't even believe this. I said this without even thinking, I said, uh, my boyfriends, like I'm like annoyed with him and he's not my boyfriend. So I say that and he goes, and the only reason I lied about not coming straight from my house was because he can look up my address and he knew that I had just gotten off the freeway. So he knew I didn't come from my house. So it's a good thing I didn't say I just came from my house because I would have gotten all tumbled up in a lie if he says, well, your house isn't from that direction. Oh my God, it was freaking out. So he goes, oh, and then he goes, do you have your insurance? And I said, um, yeah, I'll, and I, I, but I'm annoyed. So I'm not thinking straight. The pot is a little bit there and that's making me not think straight. So I take my wallet out and I know my Geico insurance is on my phone. It's on an app. It's not a piece of paper in my wallet. And I know this as I'm fumbling through my wallet, like a dummy, I know it's not there. So I just slammed my wallet shut. And I said, I don't know. I don't know. It's on my phone. (laughs) That's what I said. Oh my God. I don't know. And he took my word for it. He said, that's fine. I said, it's Geico. 
And so he goes back to his car. And I don't know if I'm being recorded. I don't know if he can hear anything that's coming out of my mouth while he's in his car. I don't know if they have microphones that like go up to the freaking car or not. But I'm telling Joey, basically, because I'm talking to her, I said, yeah, he's, I'm, he's looking at my, my, um, my ID and stuff. So I am certain that I am going to be um, pulled out to do a road sobriety test. And I don't know that I could pass it. Um, I just didn't know with me being so nervous and just having that little bit of weed that I could still feel. I don't know that I could pass it. So I'm thinking this is, this is the beginning of the end. And also no one's getting Ryan right now. And I can't even call her. I'm like, so like, I don't even know how to make a phone call right now. I'm so nervous. And I'm thinking I'm going to be, um, and and at Watsonville PD, they're going to like handcuff me and take me to the police department. Like this is going to cost so much money. I'm going to lose my license. I'm like, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. He comes back to my car and he goes, I'm not even going to give you a fix it ticket. I'm just going to tell you to get it fixed. He goes, here's your stuff. Um, have a good evening. (laughs) What? And I said, okay, I'm going to go get my daughter at the bus station. Now you can follow me if you want to. So you can see that's where I'm going. Like I didn't need to say that, but I did. I said that like, I should have just said thank you and freaking put my window up and drove away. But stupid me was continuing to blah, 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 blah. Anyways, he didn't say anything more. He just walked away. Oh, and as he walks away, he puts the flashlight down. I again say something. Didn't need to say this. I say, your flashlight is kind of a lot. I said that. I said that. Joey told me that I didn't sound nervous. She said I sounded annoyed the whole time. And I was, but I was really, really, really nervous. It freaked me out. So yeah, that was my getting pulled over story. And I wrote to him right after and I said, I just got pulled over. He goes, what? So I called him. I told him what happened. And he said, oh, well, I wouldn't even pass it sober. He goes, I'd be nervous, you know, which is true. Like that is that's, and they know that they know that these things make people so damn nervous because you see your life passing before your eyes. Basically, if like you were to be arrested or whatever, I know that there's no way to tell if you're under the influence of 420. Um, I mean, my God, like, again, I had taken five milligrams at 730. It was 1030. It was three hours later. And I, there was barely anything left in my system, but I was still feeling a little paranoid and that was it. So, Anyways, deep breath. That scared the shit out of me. Okay, story number two. Um, So last night, I took my kids to San Francisco. I've been waiting since November to do this. I bought them tickets in November because it came up while I'm a follower of David Spade. And it said that he was going to be coming to the war field in San Francisco in February. And I got those damn tickets right away. I think I spent 250 bucks for the four of us. That was including, you know, all the extras that they make you pay for. And we are sitting in the nosebleeds, but I didn't really care because I don't need to see him up close. I just want to hear him. As long as I can see him walking around on stage, that's fine. So we were up in the um, upper balcony. Um, But anyways, before all of that, um, my kids don't really know who David Spade is. I'm a huge fan of his. I love him. I've always loved him since Saturday Night Live. Um, I just, I love his, um, do you remember when he would sit at the table and the people would come in to come into the club or whatever it was and he'd interview them and he'd be like, would you be a lamb and have a seat over there? He did this whole like gay character. I think it was a gay character. Very funny. And of course, um, like when he did the Gap characters with Adam Sandler, where he pre- pretended that he was a girl working at the Gap, those were all very funny. I was not into Joe Dirt. 
Um, I just enjoy him in general. I think he's super funny on his, um, I was going to say Tinder, TikTok, no, his Instagram. He's really funny on his Instagram. So anyways, got the tickets. I, the kids, even Owen was like, do I really have to go? He was saying that up until like a day before. And I'm like, yes, you're going. And I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. It's going to be so fun. You're going to love it. I'm like hyping this up so much because I just know that he's so funny and it's going to be nonstop laughter the whole time. Like the one time I saw Jerry Seinfeld back in the eighties when Seinfeld just started becoming big and that uh, nothing's ever stood up to that one performance. Like I laughed so hard that whole time. My face hurt. Like I couldn't, my muscles were hurting in my face. I'll never forget it. He is so relatable. Everything he does comedy wise is so relatable. Everybody can relate to it. So it's like, it's so funny because we all get it. Um, and I really thought that that was going to be David's performance the entire time. So I will just say that it really wasn't, but I'll get to that. Um, but it was still good. So anyways, I tell the kids we're going to drive to Millbrae, which is about an hour from our house. It's south of San Francisco, and we're going to take Bay Area Rapid Transit in. Yes, that's the same damn thing that I took to the Def Leppard concert. Exactly the same. But it, I'm going to take it to Powell Street. We're going to take it to Powell Street. We're going to get off of BART and we'll go up the escalator. We'll end up right on market and we walk like a block and a half straight to the Warfield. Super easy, easy, cheesy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. So, or easy cheesy lemon squeezy. So we, um, um, we get to BART and they're moaning and groaning. They don't want to do this. They can't, we just drive in. Can't we just drive in? Well, here's the problem. <laughs> we went to In-N-Out Burger right it's right across the street from bart so we get to bart you know we've driven an hour to get to bart we go to in and out we wait in line to get in and out there was a long ass line we ate in the car and i ate five milligrams of an edible because i thought it would be fun to like you know feel that while we were watching david spade so that's gonna kick in right after about 45 minutes to an hour so i'm not driving to san francisco on an edible that's just kicking in sorry fucking no way, especially after the other night. So, and I don't want Owen to know that I took a half an edible. So, and I don't even want the girls to know because they'll tell him. So they're begging me. All of them are saying, can't we just drive in? And I'm like, no, because I don't know where to park first of all. And I don't want to spend $30 on parking. It's probably like two bucks each to go round trip on BART. So I want to save money. <laughs> so we get to BART, there's nobody there. And I, I'm all, I'm so smart. I know how to deal with the parking. I kept my parking number in my head. I go up, I pay for the parking at the thing that says parking. I got that all done. Perfect. Now I'm going to buy us clipper cards. So each clipper card, which is like a credit card, it's a hard plastic card. You have to pay for your fare on these cards. Each card is worth $3 added to the fare of going to wherever you're going round trip. So I look at Powell Street. $10.40. I'm like, shit, that's a lot. Ten forty? What? Are you sure? So I asked the guy in the booth, is it really $10.40 round trip to Powell Street and back? Yeah. I'm like, oh, and $3 on top of it for the card. So it's like $13.40 each. Like this is adding up, but we're already here. And so I'm like, oh God. And again, I'm not driving because of the edible. So I'm like, wow, this is costing way more than I thought. I really thought I was going to be saving all this money by taking, uh, taking Bay Area rapid transit, but that was not the case. So then this man walks up to us. He happens to see us like kind of struggling and he works there. He was 
just getting off his shift, and he recommends that we get online, use our Apple Wallet, and get the Clipper Pass online. I'm already confused. I'm like, and so Ryan is very, you know, phone savvy, and she thinks she can handle it and figure it out. So she starts to, he's kind of showing her what to do. I don't even know how to find my freaking wallet. He's like, open up your wallet, like on your phone. I'm like, I have no idea how to get there. And Ryan goes, here, mom, let me show you. As she's swiping across all of my icons on my phone, of course, <laughs> there's freaking Bumble and Tinder, those like, you know, I, I keep saying icons. Those um, apps are showing up right there on my phone. So embarrassing. The guy's like looking at my phone. <laughs> I'm a terrible mother. Um, so anyway, she finds my wallet. So what he tells us is what's what the best thing to do is if we, because the Wi-Fi isn't good there, is oh, we'll save $3. The $3 that they would no normally charge won't be charged if we use this whole thing on our phone. So we should each buy our own um pass on our own phones but I'm we're Ryan and I are getting so confused because we think we have to sign up with like our email and we're putting in you know recovery password information it's like this is crazy like this is taking forever we're gonna miss the next you know um Bart that's leaving and we're trying to get down there in the next like five minutes oh my god so we can't figure it out. So I go to ask the man who's in the booth again. It's this older gentleman. He didn't have a clue. So he says, I'm going to show you. And I'm thinking he's going to let us in for free. He's going to just let us go for free. No, he didn't because you can't really. It's almost impossible to do that because you have to go in and out all of these gates all over the place and you have to show your pass. So he says, hop on the elevator, go down to the very bottom floor. There's a man down there working at uh, parking at the bottom and he can help you. So this guy knows what he's doing. He made me feel like I was like, a hundred years old that I had no idea how to use my phone. Like it's everything he was explaining was so easy. I'm like, it's not that freaking easy. Even my freaking 19 year old was confused. So anyways, Ryan goes to, okay, I have one ticket. He's got all that figured out. He buys another ticket on my phone for Owen. And by the way, I don't know why, but they, they put in $11 for each of us. We now have, I now have 60 cents left over on these cards on my phone online. Like, why didn't you just put in $10 and 40 cents? Like what it was worth. So now I've got extra money that I can't even use, but whatever. I never will use again. But anyways, um, and also, so we saved the $3, right? So Ryan, unaware and trying to save time, adds 11 more dollars to her already Clipper card that she had fixed on her phone. So that's not going to be used. Only $10 and 40 cents of that $22 will be used. So that just basically threw away the savings that we were trying to get by using this online app of the $3 each by not just using the stations, you know, system that they have set up there. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, this is a freaking nightmare. So we finally get everything figured out. And before, and the way to get through the turnstiles is you have to turnstiles, whatever turnstiles, turnstiles, um, is you have to double click click the button on the on the side of your phone. Well, you have to bring up the pass, double click, face, let, let it see my face. And then you have to turn your phone, I don't know, upside down over this button that's on the turnstall. And then you, it'll open it up for you. God, so stressful. And people are waiting behind you. And I have to do it once for Owen and then once for me. And then I'm like, I have to remember this when we leave to get out of BART. And I have to remember it when we come back into BART after the show and when we get off at the end of the night. So there's all that. So we get on BART. We finally figured out. We actually made it to the one um, train we were trying to get to. Thank God. And so we, it's like, oh, <laughs> we get to Powell Street and none of us realize we're at Powell Street and the doors close. And I said, oh my God, that was our exit. And it goes to Montgomery Street. Montgomery, oh my God. It goes to Montgomery Street. And Montgomery Street, as it's picking up full speed, all I can think is, 
The show is starting in 15 minutes, and this is taking us so far away right now from the Warfield Theater. Theater, We're going to have to run like a mile to get back. Like, I am so annoyed with everything right now. So we, (laughs) it goes down to Montgomery Street. We get out, and I think, I think, this is how, I mean, how much we never use public transportation. I asked somebody in there can we just hop back on? This is what happened. We just missed the Powell Street exit. We got off at Montgomery. And can I just get right back on one going the other direction back? And I won't be charged anything, right? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Just hop on the next one that's going back that way. And then you can get off at Montgomery. So we do that. And even my kids are worried. Are you sure? Are you sure it's going to work? And I'm like, yes, I, yes, it's coming back to me. Like it's coming back to me. Cause I had to like ride the subway system in Amsterdam and Montreal. And I did similar things there. So I kind of am like familiar with that whole thing. Although right away I was like thinking I was screwed. So we get out at Powell street and we have about 10 minutes till the show starts. And, oh, and also I forgot this part while we're on BART on the way there, it was about a half an hour ride or so. Um, actually, it was more like 40 minutes, I think. I can't find my damn tickets on my phone. I'm thinking like, I've had so much time to figure this out. And I just figured I would wait until, you know, the BART ride a half an hour before the show starts to try to find my tickets. Can't find them. Ryan goes, give me your phone, give me your phone. She's looking it up on AXS, like on the website or their their app. She's like, I can't find them. And I'm, I'd gone through all my emails. The most recent email I got was from davidspade.com. It said, we're looking forward to seeing you at the show. Here's some things you might need to know about the show. It was basically directions and parking. I thought my tickets were on that. And I, I kept that email thinking that was the email with the tickets. I'm going through all of my emails and I cannot find the, the email with the information about the tickets. I'm having a freaking heart attack. I'm thinking they're going to have to like look something up when we get there. I don't know how this is going to work. Finally, I was able to remember my password into the app and I got, I saw the tickets. I was like, thank God they're there. So got the tickets. So we get out of the um, BART station. It's just like subway. You're down below. So we go up the stairs, we get on the street. We're using our map finder to find the war field because you just feel discombobulated when you get out on the street on San Francisco. In San Francisco, it's like, well, you don't know which direction is what. It's not that hard, but I don't know. I still felt lost. So we get on market. We're walking down. It's all good. We get in line. We are going to go through the doors. I've got the tickets and they have to search your bags. By the way, I totally forgot this with the cop. My vibrator was in my purse and so was a vape pen. So as I'm going through my purse, getting my wallet out to look for my insurance, I'm like the flashlights right there. Like I know he saw it. (laughs) So embarrassing. So I forgot it was in my purse still. (laughs) and I'm going through security at the war field and you have to open your bag up and they have to look in. I don't have much in my purse, but a wallet that, and I don't even know my car keys. Like there's like nothing in there. So yes, they saw it at the war field too. I told my daughters as soon as I got in line, I'm like, my vibrator's in my purse. I'm going to kill myself. So, um, anyways, we get in and, um, we find our seats which were way the hell up there, which was fine. Um, and then it like took, like we sat down and I'm thinking, oh my God, here we go. It's like five minutes to eight, perfect timing. Nothing starts till 8.20. And then there was two um, stand-up 
comics that opened for him. I didn't even realize they'd have he'd have opening acts. I don't know why I didn't think that. But anyways, he had a woman come out. She was fairly funny. And a dude come out. He was okay funny. But he went on even longer than her. And I thought she was funnier. She was hard to understand at times. Like, I... I don't know if she was just nervous or if that's just the way she talks, but even Owen said it was hard to understand her. So finally they leave and we hear that David's on his way out. And the the second comedian had alluded to something like he looked off sta- stage and he says, is David ready? And he said there was sort of, and he goes, okay, I'm going to do one more. And he tells one more joke. And he basically alludes to us that there was sort of a thing with David. None of us know what he's talking about. So, he does one more joke and he says, okay, I'm, I'm going to go now. Thank you so much. So he leaves. They do the intro for David and he comes out and he looks, you know, he's doing his David Spade thing. He's just walking out, putting his water down and his notes on a, on a stool. And he starts talking and it's evident immediately that the guy has no voice. He has laryngitis. Like, you know how it is when you have laryngitis and just the trying to strain to speak is so difficult and exhausting. And you could hear it like immediately you could hear like it's like he had had this for a day before and he'd maxed his voice out the day before. And then this was day two of it. That's what it sounded like. He said this came on this morning out of out of nowhere for no reason. He does, he didn't even know why. So they he said they were pumping him full of stuff backstage you know, giving him probably cortisone or something to like bring the inflammation down in his throat to help him like be able to talk better. And he said, look, I'm going to do my best. We're going to see how this goes. I'm going to try to do the whole show. So we don't even know if he's going to be able to do it. But that was part of the problem with the show is that I was so aware of his voice um, being so strained the whole time and him sounding like such a frog that it was like not as enjoyable. I couldn't relax as much and um, enjoy it as much. Joey said that it didn't bother her at all. So um, anyways, I, yeah, he was funny, but I, uh, again, the laryngitis was just, it was a lot. So the, <laughs> during the show, there is something going on, like down below us and off to the left. And we see these two women, of course, what is this? Remember I, got, I told you guys about the Steve-O, con- uh, the, the, his bucket list tour, and there was drunk people and just idiocity, just dumb people being drunk in public and doing dumb things, dumb adults, right? So these are adults, they're my age, there's two couples, both a male and a female sitting directly, you know, one in front of the other. The women are being catty. I don't know what happened. But there's one the one woman in front is turned around, and she's pointing her finger at the woman behind her. She's, you know, gesturing a lot with her hands. And so is the other lady. They've got long hair. They almost look like they're rockers from the 80s, like from my era for sure, but they're still sort of stuck in it, that kind of thing. Clearly, there was drinking that had been had. There was so many people lined up at the bar. I'm like, this is just a recipe for disaster. When I saw all of the people lined up at the bar, I'm like, people don't know how to behave when they're super drunk. A lot of people don't. And it's just it's embarrassing, honestly. So and I'm like, this isn't going to go well. When I saw so many people constantly going back and forth for drinks while we were sitting down, I'm like, Oh, my God. And then like, a lot of people are going to be driving too, you know. So anyways, they are causing such a commotion, these two women, and then the men start having words. And the one boyfriend who's sitting in the front part, he turns around, stands up and decides that he needs to like, you know, peacock himself and like, you know, say, oh, you're going to say what to me? You know, it's like, oh my God. And so 
People are getting really annoyed and telling them to shut up. And because it just was like crazy, like that they just didn't care that they were, you know, being so disruptive. I think when you're drunk like that, you're just so unaware of how other people are affected by the way that you're acting. I think that has to be it. You're like in a bubble or something. So they are continuing. And I mean, one couple got up that was a few rows down from them and stood up and we're going to like confront the two couples. Like people were annoyed. And then there's a lady that's like down in front of us who looked, you know, she looked rough, but anyway, she'd been drink drinking too. And she's turning around waving to security for them to come over and do something about it. And people are telling her to shut up because she's being distracting. I mean, all of it was just a shit show. The um, security didn't do like anything. I think they were not prepared for two couples to be fighting. Not that there had any, nothing physical had happened, but just the possibility that this could get, you know, this could get ugly. And so they just kind of I don't know. They would kind of come up and just talk to them and then back off and wait and they weren't doing anything. And so people were getting annoyed that security hadn't just already pulled them out because honestly, this was super distracting. I couldn't follow him and he was really unaware of what was happening because it was way up in the balcony area. I don't, you know, the top area, like top balcony, upper, upper balcony. I just don't, he didn't seem distracted by it. He never slowed down or anything. So I don't think he was aware of what was going on up there. So, um, Anyways, they finally got the couple that was in front to get up and leave. And as they walk out, they walk right in front of us. And she's just totally drunk. She can't even really walk straight. And he throws a fit at the hallway um, at, before he exits the theater and is yelling at security that they need to make the other couple leave as well. Like it's equal. Like they should all have to leave. If they have to leave, the other two should have to leave. And so, but the show is like, like not far from over. I mean, it was probably like another 10 minutes left. So security, uh, they left the other couple in and they finally got rid of that one couple that were just barking stuff over at the side because they had to leave. So, um, yeah, that was, it was just, just awful and distracting. And I would say that overall it took up like 10 minutes of the show, but my kids thought it was great. They said it was actually really, really entertaining and they're, they're glad they got to watch it. And I kind of like thought, here we go. Like, let's go for the, uh, the um, knockdown drag out fight. I would love to film it and put it on TikTok, but that didn't happen. And I was like, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm going to film this shit, but it never went down. So we, leave the theater in an orderly fashion. We find our way back to BART. We use our phones to get back into BART. We wait for our BART train, which took like 15 minutes. We get on BART. We go through all the stops. There's, a, oh, by the way, the people on BART, like when on when we were on the way up, there were like five teenagers that ran into the, the train super obnoxious, bouncing balls, playing music, swearing, like maybe they were 15 or 16. They were probably all high on who knows what. And they had a little boy with them, which was sad. It was probably somebody's little brother. And he's trying to keep up with them. I would say he was probably seven or eight. I mean, oh, it was sad. So they're obnoxious to the point where you don't even want to look at them because they're almost looking for everybody to look at them. They're just trying to be obnoxious. So then on the way home, there's a lot more people on BART um, it was not as quiet, um, on the way up, it was really quiet except for those teenagers, but on the way back, it was pretty packed on BART. So we all sat really close together. So we get back to the BART station and it is 1115. We walked out of the Warfield at 10. 
We got to BART at 11.15 in Millbrae. I still have to drive an hour home. I look up today on my MapQuest to see what it would have been to have driven from the Warfield to Millbrae BART station. 18 minutes. So we had an additional hour on BART and I paid $55 for us to take BART. So not only was it terrible for time, like saving time, we didn't save any time. We paid more too, because I would say parking would have been maybe 25, 30 bucks. So all of that for five milligrams of an edible, that was not worth it. I'm never, ever taking BART again. What a nightmare. So we make it home we get home. And I had put, you know, my picture of me and my four kids in our, you know, sitting in our row on my Instagram story. And I tagged the Warfield and I, or I put location Warfield and then I tagged David Spade, of course. And I forgot that David Spade will look at your story if you tag him because he's done this before. And I have tagged him two separate times two different times of the year. It had nothing to do with shows of his. And he looks, he looks, or he pays somebody to look. I do not know what it is, but I want to believe that he looked. So I get home and lo and behold, David Spade with his beautiful blue check mark is in my story right there. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, David Spade saw my picture. He saw me and my kids. He saw we were at his show. Is he looking at the rest of my stuff? Is he looking to see that I'm an advocate? Is he checking out all of my TikToks? I highly doubt it, but of course, in my head, I want to believe that he's wanting to know all about me, but I'm sure he did not. So um, I'm very excited about this. So I take a screenshot of the story, like, you know, so you could see the list of the people that looked at it. So you could see that David saw it and I put it on my story and I circled it and I said, you know, something about like Spade saw my story and I had circled it, put an arrow, you know, and everything, whatever. So I go to bed. I wake up in the morning. I am bleary eyed and I open up Instagram. I don't know why I decided to look at to see who had seen my story. And I look and I see and I swear I see David Spade blue check mark on a different story. I'm like, what? I feel like the cartoon characters who shake their heads really fast, you know, to like clear their brain to like look. And I'm like, what? So I look again and then I don't see it. And because I, I did something wrong. And then I go back and I look again. And he looked at the story after the tagged story. Okay, so what I think happened was, and by the way, I like dying, absolutely dying, waking up to see that he has looked at another story of mine. He didn't go back to the beginning of my day. He just looked at, you know, from the point from where I tagged him and then looked at the next story, which is fine. But he saw the story where I basically showed everybody that he looked at my story. Like, that's what he saw. So fucking humiliating, but also absolutely thrilling. Again, like, I can't get over it. I'm like, are we friends? Are you going to contact me? Like, I mean, my mind goes all over the place. And then I'm telling the kids, I'm going to date David Spade. Like, I, I don't care that he's 5'7". It's fine. I'm, like, so excited to start my new life with him. So... <laughs> So anyways, David Spade looked at my story. I, I don't want to be creepy and like keep tagging him and shit like, hey, hey, I'm right here. Um, I will not do it again for a long time, but it is so exciting. Again, I don't know if it's a if it's an assistant doing it or not, but regardless, it looks like it's him. It feels like it's him. I'm just going to like, I'm going to pretend it's him. That's I'm I'm going with that. Okay, so that was my night at 
Bart, David Spade, the Warfield, all of it. It was, it was a long, long night. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, one last thing. Let me check the time. If I have time, I, I think I do have time to add this one little note in. Okay. Yes. Um, Somebody had asked if I could get into more steps, styles, and tips about bedroom intimacy. <laughs> um, I talk about it in my close friend's story only because that's where it's pretty private. Like, I don't know who's listening to even this. Like, I don't want people that I know really well to listen to this. You know what I mean? It's just weird. And like past students or people I work with, like, it's just weird. So I, I don't want to say too much, but what I will say is that if you look up Je Jessica Garner, not Jennifer Garner, Jessica Garner, um, on TikTok, and I think she's on YouTube also, she has some amazing videos on what everybody's doing wrong. And basically, I think I've talked about this before is that, uh, because of porn and how they've destroyed the minds of, our impressionable youth, they all think that you're supposed to poke women. And what she means by that is fast and hard poking. Like that is not how we should be doing it. It's not enjoyable for the girl. They are poking the baby hole that we have no feeling in our baby hole. We have something called a G spot. That's, you know, up at the end, that's what they should be focus focusing on touching. But by banging into somebody, that's not working. That's not going to help. And some women will say, Oh, I swear, this is what I love more than likely they don't. Um, anyways, so her suggestion is to, she says, insert once, press down full weight. And she's basically talking about missionary style. The man should be putting his full weight down on the woman and hump like a teenager. Don't take it out. Just do that motion. And she says that their chest should not be on your chest. They should not be weighing you down um, because then they're going to start lifting their butt and poking you again. That's not how they should be doing it. Um, but basically that's the motion. And if you want to like uh, listen to her more, she's got lots of great ideas. Um, yeah, I don't like, yeah, I'm still not, I don't know who listens to this. So I don't want to say too much about my personal Personally, I've kind of already talked about it, like what, what I like and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hope that helps. Um, but maybe I'll get more into that later at another time. But until then, I'm going to wrap this one up. Thanks again for listening. I hope you guys like this on YouTube. I hope the lighting's better. I hope you like my little, I mean, it's a t-shirt, like nice background, but it does the job. Okay, guys, I am going to sign off now and I will see you all later with more stories and gossip to come. Love you guys. Have a good one. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.